From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Two weeks ago, we spoke with someone from the Center for Victims uh, in Pittsburgh about the trauma that has been felt by the entire Mon Valley area over the number of homicides that we had in 2017. We've already had one in Duquesne in 2018 as we're recording this program. But the common thread, one of the common threads that connects all of them, besides the fact that most of the victims were in their uh, late teens or, tw- or early 20s, uh, is guns. Every single one of those homicides was uh committed with a shooting. Uh, our guest this morning wants to talk about gun violence and wants to get that conversation started. She's Shira Goodman. She is executive director of Ceasefire PA. Uh, good morning, Shira. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking some time to talk with us. And, and uh, I'm sure uh, some people will uh, find this uh, program uh, controversial, maybe, although maybe we can talk about that as well. Shira, tell us what Ceasefire PA is and what you do. We're a statewide gun violence prevention organization. We're working for better gun laws. We believe that with some better laws and policy and with better public education, we can um, take measures that will reduce the toll of gun violence from homicide, from suicide, from unintentional shootings. There are things we can do that other states have done uh, that would make us safer, that would keep guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them, and that would still allow law-abiding citizens who want guns for whether it's um, self-defense or hunting or recreational purposes to have them, but we we don't talk about this. Our legislature refuses to deal with it, and that's very frustrating. So we do a lot of educational work, helping people learn what the issues are and and feel co- to be confident advocates for their communities. Yeah, do you have a website address or a telephone number that people can call for more information? We do. Our website is www.ceasefirepa.org. We're also on Twitter at CeasefirePA, same on Facebook. Uh, our, our office number is 215-923-3151, but we do have two staffers who are based in Pittsburgh, so if you call us here in Philadelphia, we can put you right in touch with them. Okay. I mentioned uh, as I opened the conversation that I'm sure this is going to be controversial for some people, but I, one of the things I heard you say is that you are not trying to keep guns out of the hands of law-abiding people. That should be a no-brainer, shouldn't it? Well, you would think so, and I think that for the most part, gun owners, non-gun owners, even NRA members agree that there's some people who shouldn't have guns, there's there's some places that you shouldn't have guns, and that there's things that we can do. The problem is everything is so highly politicized, it's so highly emotional, there's rhetoric on both sides, and we don't always get to just talk to each other. And, um, you know, that hinders problem solving, but there's nobody who wants to see what we saw all over the country, all over Pennsylvania last year, homicides with guns going up. Um, people, that's not a good thing. Nobody thinks that's a good idea. So we need to, but there's also, it's not hopeless. There are things we can do, and we need to have leaders and elected officials who will give cities the tools to deal with those things and who will take the steps that we need them to take. Let, let me, I'm glad you said that it's not hopeless because I want to put a bookmark there because I, I think for, for some people, a lot of people I think have just sort of thrown their hands up in the air and said, 
what's the use? Um, I, I, I'm old enough to remember. I'm, I'm old enough to remember a lot of things. Let's be honest. But I'm, I'm old enough to remember 20 years ago when the Columbine massacre happened and how shocking that was to people that, that that kind of violence could happen in a school. And now it seems like that's a regular event. As we're taping this, there has just been another mass shooting at a high school in Kentucky. Um, you know, after the Sandy Hook uh, massacre, people said, well, now certainly something's going to happen now. Uh, after the Las Vegas uh, shootings four months ago, people said, well, now certainly Americans are going to get serious about uh, you know, sensible gun legislation, and it hasn't happened. So when you say it's not hopeless, it, it certainly there is that feeling that we're, we're not doing anything. I mean, yes, and I share that frustration. I also want to say that the Kentucky shooting that just happened was the third school shooting in three days okay. in a week. I mean, in two days, actually. Three school shootings in two These days. These things aren't even making so, the news now. <laughs> They're not, not even, even making, making national news. news. Yeah. People have become numb, but... Some of these things are parents who don't lock up their guns. We know that kids who kill themselves or kill other people often get the gun at home or at a friend's home. So we could be taking steps to require um, safe storage. Other states have done that and have seen teen suicides go down, have seen unintentional shootings go down. We could be having a conversation about closing lots of loopholes that allow people who shouldn't have guns to get them. And what happens is there's a lot of attention after a big shooting, Las Vegas, Sandy Hook, the ones you named, um, and then the gun lobby will stay kind of quiet and hope that attention dies down and, and something else happens. And that has happened. But I think that the American public is still very angry and frustrated and wants to know why this keeps happening. It doesn't really happen like this anywhere else in the world. If it does, they take steps to deal with it. So, you know, what's the... What's the stumbling block? And it seems to be that there's a powerful lobby on the other side who gins up fear. Um, you know, President Obama, there was this whole myth that he was going to take your guns away. He was very good for gun sales. President Trump, gun sales are going down a little bit. Nobody's worried he's taking guns away. <laughs> and the truth is nobody is taking guns away in America. It's just not going to happen given the Second Amendment and what our courts have ruled. But, again... That The Supreme Court said that's not absolute. It's like our other rights, subject to reasonable regulation. And those are the conversations we have to have. And if we don't have people in office who are willing to have it, then we may have to change who's in office. Shira Goodman is executive director of Ceasefire PA. Uh, they do have a western office in the Pittsburgh area, uh, but their main, your main office is in Philadelphia, correct? That's where our main office okay. is, but we do a lot of programs in uh, Pittsburgh and, okay. and ceasefirepa.org. You can also find them on Facebook and Twitter. You can call them at 215-923-3151. I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I just listened to a very uh, interesting documentary um, by two journalists from Europe who came to the U.S., spent uh, some time in the southern United States driving around talking to people, mostly about gun culture. And the you, you talk about that you've talked about the gun lobby but these were ordinary people in diners in truck stops in businesses at gun shows and they are were pretty convinced everybody that they spoke to was pretty convinced that if Hillary Clinton had been elected president she was coming for their guns um and that you know if she got elected that Obama and Clinton were coming for their guns and and they were all grateful they told the the documentary makers that you know president trump was elected so the government's not going to take their guns away. These are ordinary citizens. This is not the gun lobby. And this was this is seems to me it's fairly deeply rooted in, in, in people's minds. Well, I think that, that that's because the 
the gun lobby has done a really good job of, of fear-mongering, of telling people that. But we had eight years of Obama. He didn't take anybody's guns away. I mean, he didn't. They, nobody's got their guns taken away. None of those people in those diners. I don't think Hillary Clinton would have done it either. The question is, though, what can you, can you do things short of taking people's guns away that make us safer? The answer is yes. We can have better background check system. We can, you know, be tougher on people who straw purchase, who use their good records to buy for other people. We can require people to report their guns missing to the police when they're lost or stolen because we know those guns are likely to be, end up in crime scenes. We can, you know, we can talk about tougher sentencing. That's the one thing Harrisburg likes to talk about, tougher sentencing yeah. on crime, yeah. right, mandatory minimums. I'm not saying mandatory minimums are the answer, but let's make sure that when somebody commits a crime with a gun, that there's a price to pay, that those things aren't pled out right away. We can talk about, you know, we don't require in Pennsylvania um, any training to buy a gun or even to get a concealed carry license. Again, safe storage. Could you have have laws that that hold parents accountable if their children get a hold of their guns. We know that guns in the home are more likely to be used against somebody in the home in a homicide and a suicide unintentionally than against an intruder. So why not require safe storage? Why not use the technology that's out there? We just seem to get stuck on this issue like we don't on other things. Like it, it, like we treat it like a sacred cow, yeah. but it's not. It's like our other rights, and, we, and, and somehow we've gotten to the point where we say, you know what? It's okay that we lose thirty three thousand Americans a year. I, I never said that that was okay. Yeah, and I'm I don't. Sure I don't remember that debate. <laughs> I don't remember that that vote. Not to make light of it. I have to take a uh, quick thirty second break. Um, let's pause right there, and when we come back, let's talk about um, if you've got some ideas of as to how this got so politicized. Because I don't remember this being. I, I remember gun culture, but I don't remember it being as political and as in your face um, as it has gotten over the last ten or twenty years. Okay. Shira Goodman is executive director of Cease Fire PA. It is a nonprofit group that is taking a stand against gun violence in Pennsylvania. You can get more information at ceasefirepa.org, or you can call them. It's 215-923-3151. They are active here in the Pittsburgh area. We will be right back in 30 seconds on Radio 81 WEDO. 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel. Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes. Support comes from the readers of TubeCityOnline.com and the Tube City Almanac, and we thank them for their support. If you'd like to contribute, please visit our website, call us at 412-614-9659, or email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is Shira Goodman. She is executive director of ceasefirepa.org. You can find them on Facebook or Twitter, and you can call them at 215-923-3151. It is a nonprofit group that is uh, trying to, or community activism for smarter gun laws. Is that an, an, an accurate way to characterize it? Yeah. Okay. We're trying to give people, we're trying to educate people on the issue, start the conversation, and give people the tools uh, that they might want or need to become confident advocates. So when, before we took the break, I was mentioning that, that I had listened to this this very interesting hour-long documentary. I should probably throw a link to it on our website. But uh, of, of, of two Europeans, one person who had been born in the United States but had moved away in the 1960s and, and was coming back, and they were trying to understand gun culture in the United States. And they spent time driving around uh, the southern states talking to people. One of the things that, that they mentioned that struck them – that, that, that just was, was so unusual for them coming from a European perspective was that every time there is a mass shooting 
in the United States, the gun laws somehow become less strict, not more strict. Every time there is a mass shooting in the United States, gun sales go up. They don't go down. They, they said the, the two documentary makers said that they sensed almost a siege mentality in parts of the United States that they said they had not seen, um, outside of countries that were actively having a civil war. Uh, my question to you then is, Shira, where, where you, you talked about the gun lobby, but where is this coming from? I mean, it, it's, is, is this self-perpetuating? Are we as citizens sharing this almost as a meme, like shared information? How did this become so politicized? How did, why is it so emotional for people? Well, people, I think it's emotional on both sides, right? You know, people are worried. People who um, have guns for various reasons, it's important to them. Some people have had, you know, hunting or recreational shooting in their family for years. It's, you know, how sons and daughters grew up with their fathers, bonding with their fathers, and, and they don't want to lose that. And for other people, they truly believe that they only they can protect themselves, and they want to have that right, and, and they're trained, and they're very responsible, and they don't want that taken away. And I think there's a fear... Um, you know, there's this belief that if you go down a road to more regulation, it will um, ultimately lead to, you know, people losing that right. And I think sellers and manufacturers and and other people inflame that, right? So it dries up sales, um, and and then there's people get excited on both sides, and there's a lot of yelling, and, and nothing really happens. And you're right. In some states, gun laws have actually loosened because of these fights. And some, they've gotten stronger. Pennsylvania's kind of held steady. We haven't had a whole lot of changes in the last number of years. But I think that um, people don't really talk to each other. And I think we do try and do some of that. Um, mm-hmm. We do work with gun owners. We do talk to the other side. Sometimes it's frustrating and, and people get angry on both sides and there's not a lot to be said. But we do educational programs. There's some, some uh, gun rights guys that I work with, and we do legal education programs together we go into the schools and we really do try and talk about what the difference is in our perspectives and and where we're coming from and you know it's not super different right nobody wants somebody who is really um uh intent on doing harm to have easy access but whereas i may favor for me that means let's make it a little harder to get guns they may say we don't want we don't want to punish the law-abiding person because we're worried about right. the danger. There, mm-hmm. So it's a risk tolerance. Um, and I think that we just we really have to start talking about it. And, and, and it's not always, you know, Republican-Democrat. Sometimes it's East-West. Sometimes it's geographic and cultural. And, um, you know, the, 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 the problems that the cities experience with gun violence are sometimes different than rural areas. Mm-hmm. But in rural and suburban areas... Um, there's a lot uh, higher instances of suicide. Yeah. So where, if you live in a city and you're a young black man, you may be at a higher risk for homicide by a gun. If you live in the uh, rural or suburban areas and you're a middle-aged white man, you may be at a higher risk for suicide by gun. So guns are still dangerous in different ways. And if we don't have these conversations, we can't even begin to understand what the other person's thinking. Shira Goodman is executive director of Ceasefire PA. You can find them online at ceasefirepa.org, uh, or you can call them. They have an office in Philadelphia, but they also do a lot of programming in the Pittsburgh area, 215-923-3151, and they are advocating for safe gun laws and safe gun ownership. Um, l- let me ask almost the same question, but in a slightly different way. W- what changed? Because I, I don't think it was just 
the gun manufacturers. Obviously, gun manufacturers like want to sell guns just like tire manufacturers want to sell tires and coffee manufacturers want to sell more coffee. Um, but it, it seems to me that it became very politicized, I think is the word you use. And, and I mean, I grew up in western Pennsylvania, grew up around people who had guns, grew up around family members who had guns. At one of the most famous movies set in Western Pennsylvania, after all, is The Deer Hunter, and that came out in the mid-70s. So gun culture has always been a part of, of Western Pennsylvania. I don't remember the, as a kid, the politicization of it. I don't remember, you know, I, I, I go to events now and I see gun owners with bullseyes, uh, targets with Hillary Clinton's face on it. Or, and I don't remember seeing Jimmy Carter's face on targets as a kid or Michael Dukakis or, or uh, Walter Mondale or whomever, uh, uh, you know, I, I see gun targets with, you know, President Obama's face on. I see T-shirts with some really vulgar things I can't say on the radio uh, on them. I, I don't remember that as a kid. That seems to me new in the last 15 to 20 years. Do you, do you have a sense of what changed, what happened, why this became so political and not just Hey, I'm a hunter. I want a gun. I am a. I want a gun for self protection. Yeah, I think that um, it, it's a couple things. I mean, first of all, it seems our culture has become just highly polarized. Um, the, the use of the internet that you can say anything, you can be anonymous, you can it, anything you want, you can find. I just read a story about um, a, a, a like a gun gear kind of tactical shop. That was selling. I can't even tell you the name of the store because it actually you'll get it beeped out. Was <laughs> selling, was selling patches in the shape of a yellow star that's a gun owner in the middle, um, and they, they were saying yes, gun owners are persecuted. And oh, so and, kind and kind of like the Holocaust, the kind of like people in they the said yeah. under Trump, they're not persecuted anymore. They didn't find you know, and they and they do sell offensive things. But I think there's this belief. Um, and, and it's what's ironic, right, is that in 2008, this, for the first time in 2008, so not even to, just 10 years ago, the U.S. Supreme Court said there's an individual right in the Second Amendment. It's not just about the militia. Yeah. So we're only going back 10 years. When I was in law school, we didn't even talk about the Second Amendment because there was a couple cases from the 1930s, and that was that. So the it's almost like the gun rights have gotten stronger in the last 10 years, but the arguments have gotten sharper on both sides because you know, the need to, it might still be under attack, the eight years of Obama. And during Obama's first term, I have to tell you, he didn't do anything to regulate guns more strictly. In fact, he let more guns in national parks than on Amtrak. Yeah. So it, it happened at Sandy Hook when that all of a sudden, you know, it was like, like you said, Columbine in 1999, all of a sudden Sandy Hook, you know, a new, a, a new image in, in the American conscience of those, of those kids. Right, streaming out of the school, and of course the ones, the teachers and the students who couldn't, who didn't leave the school, who didn't survive, um, and and there were new discussions and new money being put on both sides, and and it is kind of a siege mentality, and and I do think that um, you know the, the NRA has changed what it was for years and years. It was a gun safety organization. Mm -hmm. It's become very political. Um, they have a lot of money. They get involved in races, and and they're smart. They're they're propaganda, and they they perpetuate these myths, and they go down. And so when somebody like me comes and talks about stronger gun laws, um, you know, are you going to believe me? Are you going to believe the organization that you right. belong to with your grandfather forever? Right. That which is where you learn to shoot. So it's it's you know it's it's a hard balance, and I think then the rhetoric gets worse on both sides. And again, we stop talking, which is a problem across 
so many issues that we want to deal with. Um, but yeah. really, you know, I, again, you, you, like you said, the, this doesn't happen everywhere that we have school yeah. shootings several times a week. Yes. And, and, and that we seem to be okay with it. You know, the 58 people in Las Vegas, because this gunman bought 55 right. You know, nothing yeah. he did was illegal until probably he broke the window in his hotel room yeah. and started shooting. But yeah. 55 rifles, thousands of rounds of ammunition, the bump stocks that he had, yeah. all legal. Yeah. You know that we have the technology to track what people buy, right? Like if you buy Sudafed and then you still have your cold or your sinus infection and try to get it again, yeah. the gates go down and the <laughs> bells and whistles go off. But Shira, to- the, the argument that I that I have gotten from my friends and, and my, my family as well, there's no right to Sudafed in the U.S. Right. Constitution. There's a right to own a gun. I, right, I have. think about it. Yeah. There's a right to vote in the U.S. Constitution, and you have to register to vote. Sure. You can only vote certain times. In Pennsylvania, we don't have early voting. Right. It's really hard to get an absentee ballot. So our other, you know, you cannot go on your radio program and start slandering and libeling politicians, right? You can't say <laughs> false things. Our right Even though we have a First Amendment, correct, correct. Your correct. rights, yeah. And you and I can't say, you know what, we're starting a new religion, we're bringing ch- child sacrifice back. That's not going to be protected either. So our rights in the Constitution are also limited. Uh, the Sudafed example wasn't about the rights of technology. We could track that this guy had bought 55 rifles, because if you go and look to buy something online, you know, I want to buy an Eagles t-shirt online, right? Right. Sorry, Steelers, but <laughs> the nation is rooting for us. Um, you know... I get ads all the time. Right. So you know that, that they're tracking it. We could do things that like are at least monitoring a little better. But we're not even we're not even talking about it. I have to take a break. Uh, I have to take one more quick break, unfortunately, and, and we only have a few more minutes um, left. When we come back, I want to ask you, what can people do in their communities? How can they get involved? Because, you know, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to take action, okay? Great. Shira Goodman is executive director of Ceasefire PA. They advocate for safer gun legislation, not to take away guns, but to uh, limit gun violence. You can find them online at ceasefirepa.org. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area, and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email tubecitytiger at gmail.com. And we're back for a final few minutes with Shira Goodman from Ceasefire PA. We're talking about gun violence, and we want to talk a little bit about what people can do. We've been talking a lot about the, the, it's highly emotional, and I'll tell a quick story from my own perspective, Shira. We had a gun store that opened up in the city of McKeesport, and there were protests against it. And I covered the protest, and I really – I wrote it, I thought, almost from the gun store owner's perspective. I almost thought, well, maybe this is too biased from the shop owner's perspective because, you know, I want to talk – he's talking about legal firearm ownership and what he does to ensure that he's not selling to someone who is a criminal. And when the story went online, I started to get – not hate mail, but, you know, angry comments from people who didn't really read the story, but just assumed that because it was about a gun store owner, that I must be anti-gun ownership. And I thought, well, none of you have actually read the story clearly. Um, you know, we, we talked to the store owner, we talked about what he's doing. Um, there, there is this, and I'm sure I'm going to get angry comments on, on this program. Uh, I think maybe, the, the, do people get intimidated we talked earlier in the show that we're not even having the conversation. Are people getting intimidated from even starting the conversation because they're afraid of the reaction? 
I think some people are, and I think that there's probably some elected officials who, if they don't see a whole lot of appetite or they're not hearing from certain constituents who want to talk about it, think that they're safer off not talking about it. I mean, I think that's always been, right, the what elected officials do. The safest thing is to do nothing, the status quo. But that's not why we send them to places like Harrisburg and D.C. We send them to do to solve tough problems. Um, and I think as voters and constituents, it, it's our... Uh, it's our right, but also our responsibility to talk to them about what we want. Now, if there's somebody who totally disagrees with me, they should be on the phone to their representatives and senators telling them what they want and and that, you know, they want to keep the laws the way they are or they want them loosened up, and that's their right. And, again, like I said, their responsibility. But I think that, again, people tend to be in their bubbles. They listen to what they agree with. They see something that looks like something they don't agree with, and they start attacking. And like you said, you get angry emails, or people leave messages on the phone line, or there's nasty Facebook comments. And and none of that is face-to-face. None of that forces us to really interact and know the other person. And I think that's where our society is, is, is losing something that's so important. So what can people do? What can somebody in McKeesport, Braddock, Swissvale, Monroeville, wherever do if, if you know, the, the, as I started the program off, we had almost three dozen uh, shootings, uh, fatal shootings in uh, the Mon Valley area in 2017. We've had one in Duquesne as we're taping this already. Um, of uh, fatality, what can people do? Well, I think, first of all, people need to know what the state of the law is. You can look on our website. We, we have a, a simple one-pager about the laws Pennsylvania has and doesn't have, because I think there's a lot of misconception, right, about how easy it is to buy a gun, how easy it is to, to access firearms. Can I interrupt you for just a second? Do people think that there are strict gun laws? Do they think the laws yeah, are strict? Okay. Yeah, I think people are shocked to learn that there's that you could buy a rifle, a semi-automatic rifle in a private sale in Pennsylvania without a background check. That's the law. There's no license and registration. There's no waiting period. There's no training. And when we tell people that, they're very surprised. So I think one is that education. And then the second is, you know, make your voice heard. You don't need to know all the statistics and the data about how many shootings there have been. But if you care about something, you have the right as a citizen to call your mayor, to call your town council, and more importantly, on this issue, to call your representatives in Harrisburg and say, you know, I'm really concerned about this. What are you planning to do? I know there's some bills in, in Harrisburg pending. How can we get them moving? Um, and let them hear from you, again, on either side of the issue. And if they're doing something that you agree with, thank them. I mean, they need to be, they need to hear from you. You know, they have a lot of constituents. We're going through this thing where they may change the size of the legislature and they'll have even more. But that's your job. We don't get to complain about what they do or don't do if we're not trying to make our voice heard. Um, our voting is very important and our, our exercising that right to meet with our legislators, learn what they're doing, and, and try and influence them. For people here. With other people in the community to talk to police about community police solutions. How can we make our community safer? Are there things we can do in our own homes and in our own neighborhoods to help? problem. In this final uh, minute or two that w- that we have for people specifically here in the western part of the state, are, are there any events that they can get involved with coming up this year that they can meet some people from Ceasefire PA or um, and, and sit down and, and talk about these issues? Yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, I have two staffers in Pittsburgh who are based in Pittsburgh but are constantly going all, all over the western part of the state. Sometimes they do something as simple as say, we're going to be in this coffee shop, come and talk to us. Okay. We'll give you kind of a little bit of a primer about um, the gun laws and what's going on. Sometimes we have bigger community events at churches or community centers. Uh, we'll probably be having an event 
uh, about background checks in, the, in Pittsburgh in the next couple months to advocate for a stronger background check system to cover that loophole that I told you about. Mm-hmm. But, again, if they let us know where they are, we'll put them in touch with Rob or Shannon, and, and, and they can start, you know, they can invite somebody to come talk to, you know, 10 friends. Okay. Um, and learn a little bit more about it in a very relaxed, casual, no-pressure situation. So there would be willing, as you said, to come out to a community group, a church or temple group, whatever, uh, and and talk, scouts, whatever, and come out and talk? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. okay, thank you. Shira Goodman is executive director of Ceasefire PA. They are advocating for safer gun laws and taking a stand uh, against gun violence in Pennsylvania. You can also find them on Facebook and Twitter at Ceasefire PA. Thank you, Shira, for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Thank you for doing this. Such an important issue. And thank you all for listening this morning to Radio 81 WEDL. 1550 at 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel. Internet Radio, WMCK.FM and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community. Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at tubecitytiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online.